everyone. Welcome back to the NOIC Godcast, where we are going to be taking a look at a new series. Um, it is Frightened Faith. Um, we're going to be seeing and taking a look into fear and how it can blur our vision and keep us from seeing what God can use us, the way that God can use us. Uh, today, I want to talk about Gideon. Now, we all know the fleece. We all know the the not wet, the wet and also the offering and also taking the statue. That was the whole thing. We know that part. But I want to focus in on like the beginning part of this and actually like drill into that because I think that um, we look at the big story of Gideon. We're like, oh, yeah, he was victorious. Like he went to battle and with with absolutely nothing, basically, compared to what he had. And he won. And we're like, oh, yeah, then good. But let's take a look at where he started. Um, where he started... Um, was a very fear-driven place. So let's start in Judges 6.11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is in Orpha, and pertained unto Joash the Esbarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress, no, by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. I'm very good at reading. <laughs> um, so give some context to this story. Uh, the Israelites turned their back on God again. You know, it's a reoccurring thing that's going on. And so they turned their backs and they were worshiping uh, an idol. And so this went on for, you know, quite a while. And God was finally like, okay, fine. You're not going to um, follow my rules in the way that I want you to live. So I'm going to hand you over to the Midianites. Basically let them overcome them. And they took their possessions, their food, their crops, like everything that they had, they just would take it from them. And that caused a fear amongst the people so we find Gideon in such a fearful spot that and I I don't know if you guys uh know what the like what threshing wheat means it basically means that you're separating the good grain from the stock of it basically trying to make crop something to be able to use and so he is not he's doing this and this is how you do it you throw it up in the air and it like the stuff that doesn't need to be there flies away and the stuff that is supposed to stay well he's doing this in a wine press and back then in the bible times wine presses were literally holes in the ground so this guy Gideon is throwing wheat into the air to separate it in a hole this is not gonna work and he's doing this because he's afraid that the Midianites are gonna be like what's he doing and take it from him now moving on to verse 12 um, and the Lord, angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, at this point, I would have to believe that Gideon did not assume that the angel was talking to him. He's hiding in a hole, trying to thresh his wheat away from everybody because he's afraid that it's going to get taken from him. So the mighty man of valor does not sound like something that he would assume that what they're talking about. So he's probably looking around trying to see. And then you realize that the angel was in fact talking to him. His fear kicked into overdrive. Um, he started in with the what ifs and um, if this was true, then why questions. Um, verse 13 says, and Gideon said unto him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why then is this all befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. 
So I think that we, that's our first reaction too. When um, God calls us to do something, we're like, well, he, he can't be in this. You know what I mean? And then um, as we go on, uh, that's when the angel of the Lord tells him that he is, God is going to use him to save Israel and to save his people. And he turns around and starts giving excuses. Uh, he gave excuses to God why he can't do it. He says in verse 15, Oh, my Lord, uh, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So start from the top. You know, he's scared. He's hiding in a hole. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, um, Mighty man of valor, you're going to do this. And he's just like, Absolutely not, because if he was with us, he's not with us, because if he was, then we wouldn't be in this mess. And if, um, and how is he supposed to use me? I'm the least in my house. And my, not only am I the least in my house, but my family is the least of the people. Like, he's basically trying to give all these excuses of why he can't out of fear. He's afraid that he won't be able to do what God is calling him to do. Um, but what I find interesting is... The Lord didn't send the angel to give him a pep talk. It's not a, he was trying to give him the confidence boost, mighty man of valor. God sees us for what he can do through us. So when he looks at me, I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues with like control and I have a fear of not knowing what's going on. So like, if I don't know what's going to go on, I need to know the whole plan. That's the type of person I am. And so if God calls me, say he called me to Africa, I'm going to be like, well, no, because like, I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to do anything over there. Like, I don't know the culture. I don't know this and this and this. And God already sees me as a missionary to Africa. He's not seeing me as I am right now. He's seeing me for what I'm going to be. And I think that's, um, that's really what I want to nail home today is God doesn't give us things because he thinks that we have the potential to do it, if that makes sense. He gives us those things because he knows he can do that through us. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever had something in your life where you're, you just kept on saying no? Like, God kept on giving you something and you're just like, absolutely not. I can't because I'm, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. I don't have a good enough voice to do this. I don't have, you know what I mean? Have you ever had that in your um, life? I remember, I don't remember what year it was exactly. I feel like it might have been white flag faith. I don't remember exactly what year it was for camp, but we started out like just minions yeah. and then we kind of slowly worked our way up, not by our choice. Yeah. And I can remember like, um, I was in the car with CJ and I was like, listen, like, I feel like God's wanting me to do all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. For camp. But like, like, yeah, you're like CJ, you're really good at all the techie stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. like, Josh is obviously really good with the lessons. And yes. like, I could like name what like, and you and like everyone, like Jenny, everyone is like, that's what they're good at. That's what their gift is. That's how God's using them. I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. what I bring to the table. It's absolutely nothing. And I was like, why is he why is he pulling me up? Why am I yeah. doing this? What is the point in like I don't have any of those mm -hmm. gifts. I'm not bringing anything to the table. And I just felt so clear that God was like that's why I chose you. Yep. Because it's not about your gifts. It's not about any of that. It's about me. Yes. And that was kind of a pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. I think for me it was um and it wasn't really that we were against it. I think it was more of the fact of I didn't know the logistics of it. Um, when we first, uh, Jacob and I are the youth leaders here at our church. And it wasn't necessarily I was saying, absolutely, no, I can't do that. It was more of the fact of 
how am I going to fit that in? Right. Does that make like it, it had nothing? I, I knew that I had the ability to take care of kids. That's not the issue. It was the issue of me trying to find the time to squeeze it in because there's so many other things that are going on in so many other ministries that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being like, I was given excuses. It wasn't necessarily that I wasn't good enough to do it. It was that I won't have enough time. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to give this what I need to give this. And every single time that I've come up to those things, um, he's always showed me, I'm able to move this thing. And he really has. Like, there's been several times, like, even um, we're having a movie night. And it, some dates got switched around and things got a little bit uh, messed up. And it ended up being, uh, like, our junior church would have fell on movie night. And I remember, like, it's one of those things trying to fit everything in. And he fit it in. Because I'm going to have junior church. They're going to have, you know, the movie was too adult or whatever not adult just like older than what these kids are going to understand and I was still able to fit that time in if that makes sense um that's my biggest thing is I'm very much so like I can't fit another thing in like if there's gonna be another thing you're gonna have to make time for it um but that's my fear my fear is not I'm not gonna be able to give my all to something because I won't have enough time um but yeah I think that we do exactly what Gideon did and obviously again we have you know we have the ability to look at the you know couple chapters over Mm -hmm. and see that he had victory Mm -hmm. that he was going to save Israel but at that time he didn't know that he doesn't have that well what's funny too is that like we read the bible story I feel like we're worse at the bible stories because we already know like what's going to happen we know the outcome Mm -hmm. but like we're like (laughs) Gideon yeah like you're so so ridiculous like why would you question god why are you doing that and like we do the exact same thing even still even after reading the bible seeing god you know doing it over and over again yet we still we still think about all the ministries that get started and the things that or ministries that don't get started because people are afraid of it Mm -hmm. like the thing he knows that he's going to be able to conquer um the midianites and take back um israel's possessions and just different things but when we're sitting in the pew and somebody's like, we're going to have, let's, this is just on my mind because we just, Miguel just talked about it, going door to door. Everyone's like, well, I can't talk to nobody. I can't, I can't talk to everybody, but if people don't like Jesus, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like. All the excuses. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, that's not for me. That's yeah. not, that's not my job. That's for yeah. the, that's for the elders of the yeah, church. It's not my calling. That's not my calling. Yeah. Yeah. And to some extent, I think you have to have discernment on what is your calling, what's mm. not, because you can busy yourself with things that aren't. Right. Correct. But if your first reaction is, that's not my calling, then you might be wanting to make sure. You might want to check yourself. (laughs) Yeah. If you're so, if you're so defensive about this calling, then it's probably your calling. Check if you're in a hole throwing, you know, wheat or something. (laughs) Are you in a hole? Um, But yeah, I think that um, we can learn a lot from understanding, understanding how God sees us compared to how we Mm -hmm. see us. Our fear is always going to be placed. We've never, if you ever uh, notice, you never have a you have a fear of God because, like, respect mm-hmm. for God. But you're not fearful of the things he puts you through when you're trusting him. Mm-hmm. Like, when you've actually handed it over to him, there is no fear because it's not yours to control. Right. The only time that we actually have fear in the situations that we're having is when we're like, that's my piece. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, even if it's just a tiny corner, yep, you're trying enough. to hold it up. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to handle this. And God's like, I got the entire thing. <laughs> you got, you're trying to hang on to this little corner. You're not doing anything. <laughs> like... Um, but yeah, I just want everybody to, uh, realize that God sees us for who we can be, not for 
what we are at the moment. And he sees us for what he created us to be. Yeah, exactly. He created us before we the earth was even the thing. Mm -hmm. He created us for a reason. And that's how he sees us. Seeing the guy in the hole hiding from the Midianites and calling him a mighty man of valor. Like. And we're all like, yeah, he is. But not at that moment. (laughs) But um. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had for this. But this week's charge up challenge is to pray about the thing that you feel that God is calling you to do, or maybe you feel like God's not calling Mm -hmm. you to do it, but you're too scared or doubtful that you'll be able to follow through with it. Ask God to show you that he is the one that will bring you through it. Um, But yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. But, um. This week's considerable quote is, don't go into today white-knuckling your life with fear that keeps reducing you. He has called you to be a conqueror and a victor. All you got to do is live with that title. And my guess is that's anonymous. It is anonymous. (laughs) Nobody has that. I don't, again, I'm a Pinterest person. I'm like, (laughs) that looks like a good one. Um, but today's featured content is I Will Fear No More by The Afters. Um, we do have a little tidbit of extra stuff at the end of this video for you guys once you get through our stuff and then you get to see us again. <laughs> but with Matt Pond, um, we were very honored and thankful that he was able to be here for our pastor appreciation. And so we got to do a little interview about fear and there was a lot of good stories and um, some just insight in how fear can cloud our judgment and how we can pull through it. Yep. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us once again. And I think that's I think that's good. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Welcome, everyone, back to our NOIC Godcast. Today we have Matt Pond with us. He is a... Um, Kind of a staple in our preacher lineup, or not every year, but in several years that we've had him preaching for us. But uh, as you guys know, we are opening up our new series this week, and Fright and Faith, so basically the things that we overcome through our fear through God. And uh, we just want to do a little interview, kind of talk about fear, kind of see where it lands in our But don't lives. be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> Actually, when I pulled up the, uh, the document, it's called Fear Interview. <laughs> So that's not good. I mean, Halloween is coming up. It is. It is. Um, But let's talk about what are some of your guys' biggest fears? Um, Me and CJ talk about all the time. As far as, like, big-time fears, of course, I'm afraid of, like, losing my kids or my Mm -hmm. husband. Mm -hmm. How about you? Of course, uh, fears of family. But uh, biggest fear for me is trying to raise Carter. Yeah. To grow up and love the Lord and... um, I think other parents, you, when you get kids that are teenagers or close to teenagers, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is scary because you you just want them you want them to to turn out well. Yeah, and uh, it's I, challenging. Yeah, I think that's the turning point of when they're not any they're not little kids anymore, and right. so you're like realizing, oh, they're going to be adults. <laughs> yeah, I I only have so many more years before he's going to want to drive and move mm-hmm. out. And he's a great kid. I hope you hope you know that, Carter. Um, but it, it is, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents probably feel the same way I do with young kids. Um, it's it, it is a little bit scary. Oh yeah, right now yeah, especially you know, cult, culture is working against us. Yes, for sure. For me, I I have like big fears, obviously, of um, like the world around us. It's just crazy. But I have like for like fun fear. Uh, my spiders is my biggest fear. Like actually, con- currently right now, I have a spider bite because one 
bit me. But I just have a weird fear of spiders as well as she does. But um, what are some ways that we try to get rid of fear? Like, we're, we're like, I'm going to handle this. We're going to get this. Like, what do you... Uh, well, it usually ends up in failure. If, oh, yeah. If I try <laughs> yeah. to, you know, process something and, you know, psych myself, talk myself down. Um, you know, in, in some ways, after you fail so many times, you, you just, you know to run to the Lord. Yes. And, mm -hmm. you know, seeking the Lord in prayer is got to be one of the, the best ways mm -hmm. to try and help us to overcome the fears that we have. Even though, you know, I, I guess going back to my biggest fear about, mm -hmm. you know, I want Carter, I, I just want him to grow up to love the Lord and serve yeah. the Lord. Um, that's that, that might be so far down the road yep. that um, it, it's almost irrational to try and think that far ahead. Yeah. But if you keep going to God in prayer, it, mm -hmm. you know, can provide you some, some great comfort now, even though, you know, it's, we're, we might be talking seven, eight years yep. ahead of time. Yep. And that's how, like, for me, I am in the same strain. It's always fail. Like, whenever I try to do it, it's always a failure. Yeah. Like, I have had, um, like, I have, uh, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, I have a control issue. Like, I feel like I have to control things. Like, um, I feel like I, if there's a situation, even if it's not my fault in the situation, I blame myself for it because I should have known that somebody was going to do something. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that's for me, I've always been like, well, I'm just not going to worry about it if I just don't worry about it. But, but in myself, I'm always like, I lay down at bed at night. I'm like, I could have done this, this and this and this instead of giving it to the Lord, which would just ex nay all of that. Right. <laughs> but that's how, where I'd fail. I fail in putting it on myself instead of trying to give it to the Lord. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. It's kind of, kind of a combination. Like, losing my kids and CJ and stuff that would be that's something that hopefully will never happen that's just pointless to to focus my mind on on what could be so instead i try to focus on what i know is yeah, that is true mm -hmm. you know what i mean instead yeah. of worrying about all the like as a mom you think of all the craziest things like you know what if they like, eat the penny that's underneath yeah the like the, stupid, the <laughs> stupidest things and so you could you could drive yourself crazy and a lot of people do worrying about all the what ifs but i try to just focus on what is true and what is now yes yeah. For sure. I, I think that's why the scriptures uh, say, "Be careful for nothing," yes. because it literally means don't don't worry. be anxious, don't mm -hmm. worry about it. Um, because there are some things that we we can't control. Yes, and there's some things we can control. Mm -hmm. The hard part is not not worrying about the things that, <laughs> yeah. that, that you yeah. can't control. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the thing of trying to let go. It's it's less of you know, it almost becomes, you're not even afraid of the thing. You're afraid of it being there. Like, so you're afraid of it actually coming upon you. Cause like, I've heard a lot of people talk about like their biggest fear, like losing family members, different things. But once they're there, God gives them the grace to go through those sure. things. And so I think it's the fear of the unknown more of than the fear of the actual thing that's coming at us. Right. But, um, have you guys ever had a fear that the Lord has helped you with? Um, I don't really know if it like fits in your category, but so everything um, fits in the category. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what am I, one of the times of God really shined in my life. So I was always afraid of a C-section. Yes. Um, from my first kid, it was like almost the doctors were like readying me and then God blessed and I wasn't, I didn't have to have one. Um, with Kari, that didn't happen. And my biggest fear, I never had surgery. I never have anything. Mm -hmm. And I had to have a C-section. I remember when the doctor told me, I just like fell apart. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to yeah. do? And that saved her life. Yep. That C-section saved her. And that was how God worked for her and for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. For sure. Praise the Lord. 
uh, I was in a car accident. Laura and I were in 2003. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was it was traumatic and, and awful in a lot of ways and a blessing in, in some ways. But after, you know, after I recuperated and had to go back to work, yeah. part of what I need to do in order to do my job is I, you know, drive. Yeah. And it was, you know, yeah, I'd get in the car and, and, and go around town wasn't a big deal. But for whatever reason, I mean, you're in something traumatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really hard. So I was you know, 19 and uh, had to make a trip. We had our accident in um, outside of Moorhead, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and I had to go to Moorhead for the funeral home that I I work for, Mm -hmm. and I I had to retrace my my steps and go right past it, and um, I started every time I would get on the highway that I would take a few moments on the on-ramp and talk to the Lord and say, Father, I, I know that you that you have a plan for me yeah. and I'm just going to trust you to yeah. take me there and back safely. Yeah. And, um, I actually still do that on, on ramps. Not yeah. that I, you know, I, I drive all over the place yeah. and I have no fear of driving, but for the first time going back to that same spot where we had our accident, um, it was, it, it was very bothersome. But I, I've discovered that it brought me closer to the Lord. Oh, yeah. So the more that you go through those things, uh, the the better you are. Really, it does make us who we are to face yeah. face our fears. Yeah. I like what you said. Yeah. Mine is a little bit more of like it's like a broad scheme thing. So when Jacob and I got married, um, I didn't have a job. And he was quitting his job because he had to move up here. So And he was going to school. And so, obviously, we were very thankful. My parents allowed us to live with them, and we still currently do. <laughs> but we're changing that soon. But so, our my biggest fear was I was not going to be able to do anything. Like, we weren't going to be able to be independent because I – and by the time I got a job, I was only making – like $150 a week, if that. And then he was working part-time as a waiter and going to school. And I just remember having that fear of never being able to catch up, never being able to um, be self-sustaining. Because I believe that in life, like your your brain and everybody around you tells you, you have a certain way you have to live your life. You turn 18, you get married, and then you move out, and then you, you know, you're self-sufficient. And we obviously we got married and we lived with my parents and like, it was just totally backwards from what everybody else was doing. And I remember having that fear and being like, I'm just never going to be able to do it. And obviously um, that's just a control thing. That was just me. Um, But God has really helped me with that because um, I finally got to the point where I was like, God, you're going to have to deal with it. You're, you're going to have to handle this. Mm -hmm. And Obviously, he has a better job now in a different, like we're in a different spot, but God gave those things. God gave him a better job. And we currently, right now, the only debt we have until we get a house is his student loans. And that's not very much. Like we've paid off both of our cars. We both, like, we're getting to the spot where, where I wanted to be two years ago, but all I had to do was give it to him. And that's how I think that was the thing. How he helped me with that was just being like, I will send you things, but you have to give me time. You have to, I want things to be in my way and not yours. And so through those things, obviously, um, that all three of us have, um, God showed us that 
we're not the ones in control. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for letting me be part of the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and we want to thank Matthew for thank being you. here. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>